talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Hi there. I'm Kathy Klein, and I'm the host of the Rock Your Retirement Show, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today, I have James Metz on the show. James and I met a few years ago through SCORE when I was volunteering then. And then we met, I think, through a financial advisor later, and we just kept in touch. And recently, he reached out to me in response to one of my newsletters. Something in his email resonated with me, and I think it will resonate with a lot of my listeners as well. I'm going to quote, I have not written the book on retirement, but the years have taught me some words of wisdom. Retirement is wonderful, so is work. So why not go after another line of work that was something you always dreamed of but did not do? Do it on your terms. I found that volunteering was not for me because it was not entrepreneurial. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say the word even though I am one. The people in charge, though dedicated, did not seem to have that risk-taking spirit that motivates me. For example, I admire the work ethic at Costco. All the employees seem to enjoy their work, are well-trained, and the company pays decently. Part-time? I have no idea. If you have not traveled the world, there is so much out there. Our planet is amazing. I have stayed 83 years young and in good shape by staying active physically. I challenge myself in tennis by playing against younger and better players. Golf is a terrific game that is more mind than muscle. By all means, be your own health advocate. Go with the best, even concierge. Your body is like a car. Maintain it and it will run longer and better. What I don't like about retirement is that even though with all of the above, there's simply too much wasted time. My challenge is to find something to fill in the inactive hours. I miss my lifelong friends. Men seem to be loners. No mahjong or lunches out. Just not a man thing. If someone called me just to have a cup of coffee, I would be flabbergasted. So James, welcome to the show. Okay. So I loved what you had to write. And especially that first part of what you wrote about all the wonderful things about retirement. But I also, what you wrote about men being lonely in retirement, I think that resonates with some of my listeners as well. And so we can talk about anything you want to talk about today, but I really wanted to bring you on because of, because of that email that you sent me. So have you, um, I mean, obviously you're 83. Are you still 83? Yes. And you've done a lot in your life. I have. You've done all these volunteering and working and everything, but you said that you don't have a lot of male friends. Would you say that that's pretty typical with men your age? I think so, especially men my age. The ones that I seem to have a relationship with are younger because I play tennis or golf with them. And so basically I try, we try to get in a tennis game early in the morning before they go to work. So they have their outlets. And I go home and basically I have to find another outlet other than the men that I, I meet through tennis or golf or so forth. How old, I mean, if these men are still working, are they 
in their 60s or 50s or 40? How old are they? They're basically, most of them are basically in their late 50s and 60s. That's correct. So do you do anything else where there's social, like do you go to church or synagogue or anything like that? Not really. I basically uh, tennis uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on Wednesdays, I play golf. And on Mondays, sometimes I double up uh, in the afternoon and with golf with my wife. And I play Monday morning uh, tennis. And it seems to, that keeps me in great shape. As a matter of fact, uh, even in, when I had some physical therapy uh, situation lately, my physical therapist said that uh, don't worry about losing weight. Don't worry about you're in great shape. Uh, do what you're doing and uh, you'll be just fine. And so I, I kind of stick to that active competitive regimen more than uh, exercise studios or getting an exercise bike or something like that. That seems to bore me. I like the competition. I like, uh, I like to, to grind it out, so to speak. <laughs> Have you been able to forge any friendships with any of your tennis buddies? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I have uh, close relationships with several of them. But again, the ones that I'm very close to have business interests during the week. And then so it's basically dinner at night, uh, maybe a, uh, an occasional going out with them on a weekend. Uh, but that's about it. When I mention boredom, you can see that I'm very active during the day. But all of a sudden, there's a lull, and there's a lull like mid-afternoon into evening where I have a lot of time on my hands, and the frustration I have, and maybe the frustration with a lot of people in retirement, is that gaps, and these gaps I'd like to fill. But at this point, I really have not found anything that I would like to go after. I did mention the Costco, and believe it or not, I, I did uh, send in an application to work at Costco, and I would work part-time there, even in the evenings, because I have those evenings free. But I haven't heard from them, and maybe I won't, but I just I sent the application nevertheless. I love retailing. That was my background, and I've done it all my life. I like to sell with one uh, caveat. I can't go to a door and knock on a door and sell something. That I can't do. I've tried. I cannot do that. But if somebody comes to me and I have a product that I like or I believe in, I can capture them and I can make a sale. That's not a problem. So that's what you really enjoy. And have you applied for anything besides Costco? No. But uh, I'll tell you, I'll go back uh, a few years when I first came out here in 1994, which is a good lesson in retirement. I, I had gotten out of and sold my and dissolved my retail business. I both sold it and dissolved it in Houston, Texas. It was a sizable business. And I we came out here and we found a home and we moved in in December of 94. And by January of 95, I'm walking the dogs and I'm getting very restless for two reasons. Number one, because when I worked my retail business, I loved it so much that I worked 12-hour days, six days a week, and I loved it. And the second uh, thing that I learned is that even though I brought, you know, funds with me, and I was really, really worried about how much do I really need to live on. I don't think anybody really has that answer until they're into a year, maybe even two years of actual living 
living in retirement. So I became very, very nervous about it. And so I not only was I getting bored and wanted to do something, I wanted to do something different than I never did before, but yet I wanted to be able to earn some income. So believe it or not, in those days, there was such a thing called the classified. And one morning, I picked up the Sunday classified, and there a help wanted was a small little blurb of a legal representative must have strong negotiation skills and call a certain number. Well, I did that, and I talked to a law firm in Santa Ana, California, and I said, I answer, I'm answering your ad, and he had my name and my phone number, and he said, well, how many years have you practiced law? And I said, well, I've never practiced law. <laughs> that wasn't in the, in the ad. The ad said you have to have strong negotiation skills. And then retail, I, I negotiated millions and millions of dollars of purchase agreements, lease agreements, employee uh, situations. I mean, I negotiated everything. So I thought I had pretty good skills. In fact, I was told I had very good skills. And then uh, I was in business from 72 to 94, and not once, even though I was, you know, into leases and into contracts, I never, ever had a problem with a lawyer or with a company uh, writing me a terse letter saying that the violation. What did he say? Nobody ever sued me. Nobody ever threatened no. the suit. No, no, no. I the, just, the guy that you were answering the ad for. What did, what did he say? Oh, did you get hey, the job? So to make a long story short, <laughs> uh, he said, well, yeah, we're going to in- interview you. Uh, you sound like an interesting guy, but there's 20 other lawyers that you're negoti- that you're going to be interviewing against. I said, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. So believe it or not, I got the job. Awesome. See, you and, were better uh, at negotiating than any of those attorneys. Right. They trained me into bankruptcy law. And for two years, I represented Sears and all their bankruptcy work in downtown bankruptcy court, uh, the personal bankruptcy court. And it was probably one of the happiest times in my life for one reason is that when I was in, in retail, the biggest problem in retail is always your inventory and, and you're always worrying, how am I going to get rid of this stuff? How am I going to get rid of this stuff? That was always the challenge. When I was doing my negotiations for Sears, I had about 20 or 30 cases a day, and I would negotiate with the attorneys to try to get uh, affirmations of from their clients. And when I got on the, I used to take the coaster back to Carlsbad, and but I would walk out of there, and I never remembered one case I ever had. It just left me. And that was something I always took my business home with me when I was in retail. And this was marvelous because I just did my work, and it turned out I must have done my work pretty well because I was the number one leading uh, a representative for this law firm in all of California. And that lasted for about two years. And then unfortunately, I had to leave it because there was an illness situation in my family, in my immediate family. And I had to go back to Houston, back and forth. And I had to I had to take a a hiatus from that job. When I came back from uh, Houston and the job was there for me to have, but the bankruptcy laws had changed. And how they changed was that you weren't allowed to really negotiate at all. You're only allowed to hand out paper and and wait for the paper to be returned to you one way or the other. And that, you know, that had no interest to me. And so I never I never continued on with it. Well, let's fast forward to today. Okay. because the main problem right now is the fact that you've got this lull in the evening. About what times is that lull where you're feeling if I could work even at, at, uh, (laughs) at the hot dog situation at Costco, I could do that from six to nine p.m. every night. I'd have no problem with that. So really it's from 6 to 9. It's really from 6 to 9 
every day yeah. that that there's the and, and that's practical and that's a time when and knowing retail and knowing them that's a tough time for most companies to hire people because a lot of people have families and a lot of people don't like to work evenings but i could that that's where i'm most flexible what does your wife think about you working from six to nine she she thinks it'd be a great idea <laughs> it should be a great idea oh. and believe it or not it's not for the money. I mean, as a matter of fact, anything I anything in that I would make, uh, I, I already would have relegated to my uh, grandchildren who are in college. I would just have them work and ma- I would match their work with with whatever I make outside for them. I would match their funds. Matching college funds. That's awesome. Yeah. Luckily so- and, and fortunately, I've been able to to. I, I learned after a couple of years how much I needed to live on how much I could spend and how much I can spend lavishly, like going on trips. So I've learned all of that, plus the fact that uh, I learned a very, very valuable lesson. Um, Being in the sales situation, if I overheard a guy, let's say in the men's room, saying, uh, I know about this fabulous stock that I'm going to buy, if I just overheard the conversation, I'd run out and buy that stock. I mean, that's the type of guy I was. But I learned very, very many years ago that maybe I should just leave investing up to other people because I really didn't get a big kick out of it. I didn't get I was I had my own retail business where I got all my kick and I didn't really care about buying a stock or buying a number of stocks and watching them go up or down. Didn't didn't really give me any particular stimulation. So a very, very smart thing and I'll plug fidelity. I gave Fidelity, Fidelity representative my portfolio, what I had in Houston, and then I moved it to San Diego, and they've been marvelous for me. And basically, um, I'm very comfortable. How is that? And That's and it's great. basically because I put myself in the hands of people that really understand it. Uh, I sit down with them once every three months so that I know that we're on the right track when it comes to um, – Okay, well, we don't really talk a lot about money on the show, James. Um, okay. But let's take a short break, and then when we come back, we'll do some brainstorming about what you can do between 6 and 9 p.m. So right now, we are talking with James Metz. We're going to be right back after this break. Hey there. I wanted to let you know about the journal I created just for you. If you're listening to this show... You must be interested in rocking your retirement lifestyle. After years of interviewing experts and living life myself, I came up with the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. You can listen to that episode here on Rock Your Retirement. These pillars are the areas that we all need to keep our eye on so that we can have a great retirement. The journal that I created helps you by letting you set quick daily goals in each area in the morning Then you rate how you did each evening, and the whole thing takes less than 10 minutes. It also has a place for you to write down what you're grateful for. You know, grateful people are just easier to be around, right? It also has a place for you to track how many steps you take each day, how much water you drink, we know how important that is, and how much sleep you got the night before. Then every 10 days, there's a place for you to reflect on where you're headed. And the easiest way to find it is, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash journal. If you'd like to support the show and your own life, head on over there. It's less than 10 bucks and could help you rock your retirement. 
Okay, welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. This is Kathy, and I'm speaking with James Metz, who's actually a listener to the show. He wrote me a an email after one of my newsletters, and I thought I'd bring him on so we can brainstorm about what he could possibly do to fill the void that he fills after retiring many years ago. So James, you said that the time period, you said you enjoy retail, and you said that the time period that you need to fill is between 6 and 9 p.m. So if you don't get this Costco job, what are some other things that you think you could do during those during that time? Just mentioned Costco as one, but uh, when I was with SCORE, I was supposedly their retail maven, and people that wanted to go in the retail business, they more or less moved them over into my area. So, I mean, if I think my strength was that I could walk into a, whether it's a hardware store or a clothing store, and I can tell within 20 seconds what their problem is. And that sounds like a big statement, but you can just look, particularly in soft goods and retail and clothing, you can see within a few minutes what the problems really are there without even asking. I would like to do some, you know, consulting. And I would like to do some, I would call retail therapy. That would be fun. Helping people out, helping people sort of get over the hump. I always found that uh, building a business is not that difficult from the beginning and you move up. But maintenance, maintaining your business is a tough job. And I've talked to any number of entrepreneurial type people and they say, you're absolutely right. I've been able to, you know, getting to where I wanted to be was not the big problem. Holding where I am, that's the problem. And that's really the, the tough part about it. James, do you think that 100% what would fill that time between 6 and 9 would be business-related? I could do it from midday to, to eat through evening. That's not a problem. The reason why I ask is that my mind is spinning here. And for a lot of people that have a business, I don't know that 6 to 9 is the time when they would want to be working on a physical retail business, which it sounds like you're going after. When you were volunteering at SCORE for the retail, when were Uh most of your appointments? I did my appointments usually during the day. That's very true. But you also have to remember that a lot of people that are having some problems and some concerns would prefer to to have their talk or walk through or talk through after business hours. They don't like to see uh, a stranger coming in and and walking around asking questions. They would prefer to have this in private. So sometimes evenings could work out very well. Is that the only thing that you can think of that you would want to do besides working at Costco? Is there anything else that comes to mind that you could do? No. I remember I'm 83 years old. I know. And and all I'm trying to do is say, well, is there if there's something that would be entrepreneurial where I would not and I certainly would not go into business again, because after all, at 83, you know, even if it was successful, then you got all sorts of problems. <laughs> how long will how would that business last? But I mean, I'd like to help people out and I would even work for people that needed help if they felt that I could be of an asset to them. Let me I'm thinking of an idea here has nothing to do with the Rocky Retirement Show, but some of the people that listen do know that I sell Medicare insurance for a living. Mm-hmm. And there's a big need in that. A lot of people are sold Medicare insurance the wrong way. 
in my opinion, there's people who either specialize in one type or the other, and not a lot of people that really understand both types of insurance. And certainly, it's not a what you would call retail, but certainly at 83, I'm, I mean, you're on, are you on Medicare now or do you have a, a union plan that you're on? Yeah, I'm on Medicare and a supplement, yes. Okay. So I'm just trying to think outside the box other than the things that you've done in the past. You know, perhaps there's something out there that you haven't thought of because you're focused on one thing. But my question to you is, could there be something else that you could do during that time frame between 6 and 9 p.m. that is different from what you've done before? Like, perhaps, have you thought about, I mean, is there anything that you would like to learn? You know, I know that there's classes, some college classes during those time periods. Um, have you thought, I mean, have you ever sat down and really brainstormed some, some yes. ideas? What did you come up with? Well, the, the, the situation with college is that, uh, first of all, I have to find a class that I would like to, to attend. And that, that's not too tough. There's a lot of interesting courses out there. But then because we do so much traveling, and we do do traveling, and also because I have my mornings pretty well uh, filled up every day, that it would have to be classes in the afternoon. And then I would be missing some classes because of travel. But that isn't out of the realm of, of, of possibility. The other thing that I did and I did very successfully when I was in Houston is I was a certified mediator. And what maybe even I try to be a real good listener and I was not a good listener in my business. And I realized that I needed to learn how to be a listener. So I went into a mediation course and became certified in mediation. And my wife has said from the day that you went into that course, you turned into a better person because even your children could come to you and talk to you and other people could talk to you and you, you were able not to interrupt them and, and you were able to listen and take time in your answers. So, you know, I can be a conflict resolution person, but I would have to be called by somebody and by saying, hey, you sound like a real interesting person and I have this problem. Can you help me? I'm not going to hang out a shingle as a certified mediator, which I am because the one thing that precludes me from doing it all the way is that the legal profession has really taken over uh, mediation. Even though I'm, I have my own issues with a lawyer being a mediator, that seems to be everybody's usually goes to a lawyer mediator uh, situation rather than a businessman mediator situation, if you want to use that word. So what else did you come up with when you were brainstorming besides the the mediation, which you, you went ahead and got certified in. I mean, I know there's classes that start at 6 p.m. that go mm -hmm. to 9. When I was a couple, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I took some art classes, and they were all during that time period between 6 and 9. My wife has been getting these different college course pamphlets, and I've looked through them. It's not like I've dismissed them, and I haven't. It's You know, I'm glad I'm talking to you. I may have to look at it a little more seriously and find an evening class, which would take me off the couch and take me away from the television and get me into something where I could listen and learn something. I'm a history buff and I love history stuff. And I'd like to probably take a course maybe in literature and composition and writing. And 
people that have said, you know, you've had such an interesting career, and I really have. From way back uh, when I first started, when I was 21 years old, I've had some unusual life situations. He said, you should write these things down. People would like to hear about them. And so maybe I might get into a composition class, something like that, and be able to compose. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So far, we've sort of brainstormed the following. That Costco thing is still on the table. Even though you volunteered at SCORE, that wasn't for you. Maybe some consulting and perhaps taking an evening class either in history or writing composition. Maybe write write a story about your life experience. What other things can you think of that we could do between six and nine, but not just something on your own, but something that's really going to give you that one-on-one connection that you're looking for? I mean, you could sit and write from 6 to 9 p.m. every night. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that's going to give you that one-on-one connection with other people that I think you're looking for based on that email that you sent me. Group of men, even couples have discussion groups or things like that in the evening. I certainly would venture into that. You got to remember, I have a marvelous wife and a marvelous marriage. So there's a Dove Library down below. Uh, we go to uh, some of their programs in the evening. So it, it, it's not like I'm, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not like a lonely old man sitting in a corner. No, on no, e- no, that's not what I thought at all. But your email definitely resonated with me because I think that a lot of men feel the same way. Relationships that men have are different than relationships that women have. Absolutely. And yours sounds very typical where there's sports involved, maybe even watching. Yours is where you're actually doing the sport, but sometimes it's watching sports games together. But they don't just sit and talk the way women do. So I really felt that if we talked about some of these things and brainstormed, it would help not just you, but the listener as well to think, oh, Maybe I could do such and such because we tend to be in our own mind. You know, we're like, oh, you know, we've got a problem or we've got a one way of doing things and we don't really think about other ways of handling the problem. So that's why I thought it might be interesting. I understand if a a gentleman or a group or a few men ever called and said, why don't we just meet for coffee after dinner or for dessert. How about that? A dessert and no agenda over. Just sit down and we just kind of brainstorm or we tell people what, you know, tell the other parts of the group what we did this week and what I did. And or I have the situation where I received a call or have an opportunity here. What do you think? Just leave it open ended. And that wouldn't be a bad idea either. I'm going to do a quick search. I'm going to meetup.com. I've spoken about that on the show before. And I'm typing in men's discussion to see if there's anything like that. So there actually is not anything like that right now on Meetup. It is strange because I'm not so different from a lot of other men, I'm sure, and that basically want to fill up their time. But they they don't. Men aren't the same as women where the women said, let's have lunch with, you know, or let's play Mahjong or let's have Canasta or let's go shopping. Uh, men aren't like that. They're just not. No, but I think a lot of them feel the same way that you do. That if somebody asked them, they would you know, Jump. consider it. For sure, they would do it. And I'll give you an example. My husband, we live in a neighborhood that was new 10 years ago. And that's when we moved in. And one of the neighbors who sadly has passed away 
but his legacy lives on. He put together a discussion group. Now, they meet in the morning for breakfast. There's four of them. It's not the exact same members that started eight or nine years ago, but there's several of them that are still the same. And he personally invited these three other men to join him. And he personally also purposely got men with different political opinions, and they talk about everything. They talk about relationships with their wives. They talk about politics, although lately the politics have gotten a little heated just because of what's going on in the the world these days. And I don't want to talk about politics because this is an evergreen show. Somebody might listen to it two, three years from now. But he put the group together. He invited each person and said, I'm putting together a discussion group. And would you like to join? You know, you'd be surprised what people will do when they're asked. You know, it just Mm -hmm. takes one person to ask to put it together and say, we're going to do, you know, we're going to have dinner once a month because six to nine, that's dinner time, right? Sure. And just put that together. I mean, that's certainly something that you could probably do. You, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, these people that you would like to get together with. It's just, I think part of the issue is that the people you hang around with are in a different life stage than you. You know, you're 83 and they're in their 60s and 50s. And so probably from six to nine, they probably want to hang out with their family, right? Family or contemporaries, or they're not, they may consider me, you know, at 83 and they're 60 there. And I don't have much to contribute to what they are looking for at age 60. Are you sure about that? Because if if you can play tennis, tennis is... They might or they might not. I'm not so sure. See, tennis, it's not a, a game that you can play if you're out. You know what I mean? I think if you're playing with people 20 years younger than you, I think they probably have a lot of respect for you. Well, basically because I'm competitive and I hang in there, but <laughs> maybe maybe I should stand corrected on that. But, you know, when you're, let's say, 50 or 55, you've got uh, different children issues than I do at my when with my children, because they're basically well into adulthood, where others at that age may have problems with their kids starting out and, you know, struggling or college loans and all that business. But I, I'm not saying that I couldn't be a listener. Let me put it that way. May not be as much a contributor, but I certainly could be a listener. Well, you've gone through it. Maybe you have a lot to offer, you know? So is putting together a discussion group yourself something that you might do, or is that too daunting for you? Yeah. No, I could do that. Or somebody that's listening to this program said, I think he sounds like a pretty interesting guy. Something that I'd like to put together. I'm a real good put together guy. And uh, I'll call uh, this gentleman and uh, ask him to come on along. And then, uh, then, you know, one becomes two and two becomes four. And That's then true. You, have your group. you might have to do it online, though, because I have listeners from all over the world. I have listeners mm-hmm. in Australia, New Zealand, of course, the United States, uh, California. I do have listeners in San Diego where you and I live. But this is actually an inter- international show. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I totally understand. So my next question is, you said you didn't go to, I don't know that you said you didn't, but do you go to church or synagogue at all? No, no, I don't. Should I explain why? If you're not religious, I totally understand that. 
I do. Uh, I'm, I'm spiritual, and I, I'm, I've been spiritual for years before spiritual was such an, a buzzword, but I, I'm very spiritual. Uh, I put it this way. I my One of my closest friends is a very devout person and wants to convert me into or have me think about the religious aspect of life and and God and heaven and so forth and so on. My side of this of that is that when I go, I would rather be surprised. I think well, faith is a marvelous thing. Don't get me wrong. Let's let's, have let's faith. put the let's put the faith aside. Okay? okay. Now, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a Christian, and I'm not going to try to convert you here because I don't try to convert people. That's mm-hmm. that's not my place. Right. But I can tell you that studies have shown that when you have a place to go, like a church, a synagogue, a mosque, a whatever, it's the connection between people. It's that connection that you can get by attending a church or a synagogue or a mosque that helps you with that feeling of belonging. So regardless of what your thoughts are on religion, even if you're atheist or whatever, attending mm-hmm. a ser- attending regular services can help you. Okay. So I just, I don't want, like I said, I'm not trying to convert you. I'm just saying from a health and wellness standpoint, being around others in a social aspect can definitely help. My husband, I don't know if you know this, but my husband has stage four cancer and we attend a small community church, uh, not that far away from where we live. And I fully believe that that attendance has helped my husband deal with the cancer. And when he was diagnosed, they gave him three and a half years to live. And I certainly don't, that was a year ago. And I certainly don't think that that is going to transpire, partly because of the church community that we have. And then also we made some dietary changes and then the chemo, of course, as well. So I just thought I would throw that out there. Like I said, okay. I'm not trying to convert you, but there are studies that show just that getting together on that weekly basis and having that community is helpful. What you're also saying is that getting together even in an evening in a discussion group is also a community. So it doesn't Absolutely. necessarily have under That's the auspices right. of a of an organized religion or in a in a church or a temple or mosque setting. It could be in a restaurant setting. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can put together a weekly discussion group. Now, my husband's discussion group is monthly. You would be the leader of that group. You would be the one that they would look to to find out when it is and how big you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But you could you could also go on the meetup.com and you could become a meetup organizer and put that together, you know, with with people. There is a cost for meetup for the organizer. It's not very much, like $15 a month or something like that. If you're looking towards that discussion group and you don't have enough people to fill your group, like let's say you want four people or six people or three people or however many it is, and you don't have, you know, the the people that you play tennis with or golf with, you don't have enough to fill that, you could certainly add it on Meetup and get some people that way. And advertise it. I know that when I first started my meetup, mine was for couples. I call it North County uh, Young at Heart. And I I printed up some business cards and passed them out to people who looked like they might be a good fit. <laughs> I did that the first 
six months or so. So basically, we've, what we've come up with so far is the consulting, taking some evening classes in either history or writing composition, discussion groups at, at the local libraries, or creating your own discussion group. In addition to working, you know, if you can find something to do during that lull in your time. So, you know, we've come to the end of the show. Is there something that resonates with you, James? Something that you think that you're going to do after this discussion? Well, I've learned in retirement that you need to be comfortable in some aspects. For example, if somebody said, in fact, I've gotten calls from some of my friends that asked me about retirement and, you know, they were terrified or, or they had some problems. And I said, the first thing to cover is your health costs. So I said, get a gold-plated insurance supplement to Medicare policy. Make sure you have that in place. I said, then after that, you really don't have much to worry about because the catastrophe in life is going to be health crises. And if you financially don't have that, if you're not covered financially, you're, you're really in trouble. And uh, from there on in, living day by day, you'll figure it out yourself, uh, whether you retired with enough or more than you thought you needed. And you can start then to plan your life and your finances accordingly. And then maybe a, a couple of trips a year, because the most marvelous time of my life, uh, other than being in business, was traveling. And we have been all over the world. There is few, if any, places left for us to see. And our fondest memories in the last 20-some-odd years since retirement, 25 years, have really been the places that we've been able to visit and enjoy. And, and that's been a great, great joy. And, of course, children and grandchildren giving you, hopefully, a lot of pleasure. That's important, too. So it's a package. There's no question about it. And there's going to be ups and downs. But when I look at my retirement and I say the only thing that I'm missing is a little boring time that I want to get off the couch and, and, and not watch television, most people would say, boy, you have really got a great life. You have nothing to regret. So maybe, you know, having to find some activity is your only frustration or any only problem. You got your health and you got your marriage and you've got your children and everybody seems to be in place and you've seen the world. They said, my goodness, you're a very lucky man. And I am a very lucky man. Absolutely. You are smart to do your financial planning. Not everybody has done that, though. And so, you know, this show is really geared towards people. And that's why we don't really discuss money, because not everybody is as lucky as you were. Not everybody planned ahead. You know, we really focus on lifestyle on this show, the six pillars of, of retirement lifestyle, which are spiritual, significant other, friendship, work, which also includes hobbies and volunteer work, health and family. Thank you for participating in this brainstorming session. I would love to know if any of the ideas that you came up with are something that you're going to, that you're actually going to do. <laughs> so... Let me know. I mean, did anything sound particularly interesting or are we sort of right back where we started? I have a feeling that probably the of everything we've talked about, probably getting together in, in a small discussion groups one or two evenings a week or one evening a week probably would be in the offering. That sounds pretty good because you can't count on uh, an employment coming to you. Uh, you can't count on people getting calling you and I. I heard you on the radio or I hear you're a pretty interesting guy. 
I won't be sitting by the phone and anticipate anything like that. But if something like that happened, I'd be very flattered and very happy to respond. <laughs> Do you want to give out your phone number? Sure. It's 760-930-9014. We live in Carlsbad, so North County people would probably be a real good uh, opportunity to sit down and, and meet. because. Uh, would you be willing to have a discussion group via phone if people don't live in the area? Sure. Okay, great. Well, good. This has been great fun and very eye-opening for me, James. I'm so glad that you came on the show. Thank you. Well, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, Send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app.
But basically, what you do is you download the app, and then you search for the show, and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show, and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.